You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, as we are gathered this evening in your name, we pray that you would be in the midst of us. And I pray that at this time, ultimately not my words, but your living word would go forth and that that living word would take deep root in our hearts, uh, in our lives, in our minds, in our spirits, and and bear in them um, your peace and your salvation. This I ask and this I offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite you along with me to reflect on this portion of John's Gospel that was read from just a moment ago, and uh, you you may be familiar with this. This is typically the gospel lesson for the first Sunday after Christmas. Uh, You're probably breathless for that information, but uh, typically it's like a tradition. This first Sunday um, after Christmas, we hear this incredibly uh, rich and deep and broad reflection from John. And one of the things you're probably familiar with as well is that that, uh, each of the gospels, the the beginning of each of the gospels is different and, and not surprising, you know, Four of us, uh, basically, if you give four of us the same text, you're going to get the same essential truth, but slightly different um, versions, slightly different focuses. Luke very much focuses on the experience uh, of Mary. Matthew uh, on the experience of Joseph telling about the birth of Jesus. Mark skips it all together. Um, He's in a hurry at the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and and off they go, um, baptism and, and public ministry. Uh, And John uh, similarly uh, does not um, go into uh, Mary and uh, Joseph uh, and the nativity, but he begins with um, the words, in the beginning. Uh, And when you hear those words, in the beginning, in the beginning, what does that that echo um, in your mind uh, as you hear those words, in the beginning? I'll tell you what it echoes um, in your mind. Uh, It echoes the story of creation. Uh, It takes us back um, to the very beginning um, of the Bible when we hear that in the beginning, um, we hear about the creative power and work uh, of God bringing light um, into darkness, bringing order um, out of chaos, bringing bringing life uh, and vitality um, where there was void before. We, We hear of this phenomenal creative power uh, at work, uh, bringing things into being. And so John is, is echoing, and isn't, isn't simply echoing that language, he's saying that, that God is doing it again, that the God who created uh, from the very beginning um, is creating again, um, that the God who brought life uh, in the beginning is, is bringing life again, and is bringing a life um, to you and to me that we need. Uh, that we deeply long for. He's bringing a new creation into his creation. He's bringing a new creation uh, into your life and into my life as well. And he's doing so um, through Jesus, his son, who we hear was with him uh, in the beginning. And the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Uh, All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He begins by um, introducing all these truths and all these themes which are going to be carried um, throughout the gospel. And if you remember, in the 20th chapter, uh, at the very 
um, toward the very end of John's gospel, uh, he writes, uh, Jesus did many other things which are not included um, in this book, but these things are written that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, uh, the Son of God, and that by believing, um, you may have life um, in his name. Uh, The beginning of the message is conveyed throughout that we might know Jesus as who he is, as the Son of God, uh, and that uh, and that knowledge of him and who he is that we might actually have life in his name, that life um, which we all need and that life which we all desperately long for. Not surprisingly, this time of year, I, I think about um, how uh, the next year is going to be different. And, and uh, the truth is, I'm kind of a cynic, so as I think about the way the next year is going to be different, I'm like, no, it's not. Um, it's really not going to be that different at all. And, and, and yet, um, in conversation with people recently, perhaps you've been as well, um, have any of you ever found yourself saying, we're here in the beginning, beginning next year? Um, has, anyone, has anyone ever said those words? Maybe you've said them um, recently. I was with some friends the other night, um, and they were saying, beginning next year, um, and I know this is going to be a shocker to you. They, they said that, um, um, you know, uh, they're going to eat less, they're going to drink less, um, and they're going to exercise more. Shocking. Um, and uh, that was sort of part of what um, they said, you know, we're, I'm going to be more patient, uh, I'm going to be uh, more charitable, uh, I'm going to be more kind, uh, I'm going to be more devout, um, I'm going to pray um, every morning and every evening uh, and uh, at midday as well. I, uh, I, a, a friend of mine, he was my seminary chaplain, was a, was a great guy, Churchill Gibson was his name, and um, he taught this class in seminary, and uh, it was uh, kind of spiritual practices, um, et cetera. And uh, uh, it was, uh, Churchill, was, uh, Churchill was a funny guy. He was an interesting guy. And he told the story. He said, you know, he said, I always wanted to be one of those guys. I always wanted to be one of those gals that was really um, intentional um, and devout uh, and regular. And he said, you know, I decided one day I was going to begin being that person. And he said, I was going to be the kind of person that every morning knelt down beside their bed um, and said their prayers. Didn't just say their prayers, got down on their knees, um, knelt beside their bed and said their prayers. Uh, I was going to be like that woman. I was going to be um, like that man. And this day, beginning on this day, he did it. Uh, and then he paused a moment and said, you know what? He said, I, he said, I woke up at lunch and I couldn't move. Um, that, was, uh, that was Churchill's experience. You know what? He was going to, it was going to be different. Uh, and he was going to bring about this difference um, in, in his life. Well, you might begin to think about this, what I might begin to be saying to you uh, and to me. And we, we do long for change uh, in our lives. We do long for, for new life and, and, and rightly. Um, we, we need it. We need a we need a creative power and force um, to enter into our lives and to enter into our relationships. And what this beautifully, um, poetically, theologically tells us is that this has happened and that it's happened in a person. It's happened um, in the intervention of God. It's happened um, in the action of God. It happens um, through the power of God that comes into the world um, in Jesus Later in John's gospel, not much later, in the sixth chapter, uh, if you remember, Jesus uh, is teaching, and it's going great. Um, Huge crowds um, are gathering around them, uh, and the the disciples um, are are pretty excited at that moment. They thought, you know what, we've chosen well. Um, This is going great. We got on early. Um, His uh, 
popularity is going um, through the roof right now and is teaching in these great crowds. I mean, clearly, he has something to say that people want to hear, and he has something to say that people need to hear. And great crowds are, are, are coming to him and gathering around them. And then Jesus says, uh, do you remember uh, John um, chapter 6? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, um, you have um, no part in me, uh, is, is what Jesus says. Uh, and then the people begin to grumble, uh, once again, reminiscent, uh, echoing um, the Old Testament, the people of Israel grumbling um, in the wilderness. The people begin to, to grumble, which is, which is more than complain, because, I mean, uh, are we not all grumblers? Uh, but, the, but the grumbling so often means so much more, it means a rejection of God, much more than just complaining uh, much more than just lamenting. It, it means a rejection. Uh, and they begin to grumble and they begin to fall away. And of course, you remember Jesus' words, do you want to leave as well? But before that, um, the people um, ask him, what must we do? What must we do to be doing the works of God? Uh, what must we do? And, and, and part of that certainly is, is they're saying, um, we want to follow God. Uh, we want to believe in God. We want to have a relationship with God. We want our lives to be marked by that, that, that good longing and desire. Uh, I would imagine that they had. What must we do? What must we do to be doing the works of God? The same sorts of questions that you and I ask ourselves as well. Um, and and Jesus' words to them were, were uh, I'm sure, were not the words they were looking for. Jesus said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. This is the work of God, that you believe in him um, whom he has sent. This is, this is the work um, that you are to be doing, is, is, to believe, uh, is to believe in me. I want to share a, a story with you. There's a, there's a couple of authors, um, there's actually more than a couple of authors, but two that I'm going to reference at this particular moment. One is, is, is Leif Inger, um, and that's just to some degree kind of an aside. Um, I see all of you nodding your heads. Um, so anyway, Leif Inger writ, wrote a number of books. But one of them is Peace Like a River. Beautiful, wonderful book. And I, and I read that one and the other books he wrote. And then I stumbled across, he has a brother, um, Lynn Inger. So Leif, um, Leif and Lynn Inger, as you might guess from their names, they didn't grow up around here. Um, and, uh, and, and Lynn, uh, his brother, wrote a book called The High Divide. Uh, and they're, uh, they're from... Minnesota, the Dakotas, that that part of the world, and their and their novels are set within their novels are set within that context. But the High Divide, it's really it's a it's it's a it's a great book, um, but it tells the story of a man Ulysses uh, is his name, and Ulysses um, had uh, been uh, in the army uh, during the Civil War, but then he had also after that time had had spent a brief time, somewhat reluctantly, and yet. Um, in Custer's army um, during the Indian Wars as, as the Indians were pursued um, throughout the West um, during that time. And, and, and in the novel, um, Ulysses is a, is a deeply, deeply troubled man. Uh, and, he's, and he's married, uh, and his uh, wife uh, doesn't know what the, the, the substance of his being so deeply troubled. And he has um, two young boys. And so in many ways, life is going as, as well for him uh, as it could possibly go. He has a wife that he loves. He has two boys um, that he loves. He has a home uh, where they live. And, and yet he is, um, he's burdened uh, and deeply um, troubled. And in fact, uh, he is, uh, he's baptized. Uh, and yet this this baptism doesn't seem to um, 
ease the, the deep trouble and unrest. And, and one night, um, Ulysses leaves um, in the night, uh, and uh, his wife and his sons are left with no um, explanation for why he has left. They know he's been um, troubled, they know he's been restless, but they have no idea of the substance of it. And, and so he begins this quest, and as the book unfolds, a little bit of spoiler alert here, but um, I know you're not going to read it, but... Um, <laughs> But anyway, you might, and I'll leave plenty that's untold. But he, he, he goes, and, and, and we find out that he's, that he's gone on this quest. In many ways, it's, it's a pilgrimage. He's trying to make things right. Uh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a human um, inclination. It's a, he, he wants to, he's trying to make things right from his past, uh, is what he's trying to do. He's trying to heal um, the past. And, and, and that which is so deeply troubling and disturbing to him was uh, in the course of um, these uh, battles uh, taking the life of this man's daughter and children. Uh, and as you might imagine, you, you, when you consider burdens to bear, um, that's got to be right up there. And so we begin to understand why he has um, no peace. And he's searching um, for this man named Magpie. Uh, he has this beaded um, pouch that had been his family's, and he has the name of a man, and, and, he, and he goes out um, to find this person. I mean, talk about finding the needle in the haystack. And he begins this quest to find him, and as, the, as things unfold, his wife and his children uh, come looking for him as well. And finally, his oldest son, Eli, um, finds him, and, and they end up uh, going out um, together, pursuing um, this man, Magpie, uh, and, they, and they find him. Uh, and eventually um, they, they, they find him, and uh, Ulysses comes to him, and he, and he comes um, to give him um, his confession. Uh, he, he comes, and uh, Inger, the way he writes it, it's, it's, it's beautifully written and compelling and deep and rich and, in ways which I'm not going to adequately express to you now, but, uh, but you can imagine this deep, unsettling burden that's been in his life, this desire to have it reconciled and to be um, at peace, this desire um, to bring life uh, into his life again and to try perhaps maybe in some way um, to address um, the lives that have been taken from this particular person. And he finally comes to him and he, and he comes to the man, um, Magpie, and uh, he tells him who he is uh, and he tells him um, what he has done. Uh, and with Magpie are, are two um, friends and of course they um, they immediately want to kill um, Ulysses, uh, but Magpie uh, has, them, uh, has them wait and enters into this conversation uh, with Ulysses at this point. And as they're, uh, as they're talking, one of the things that Magpie asks Ulysses is, is basically, have, have you come here to make yourself feel better? Is, is, that, why you've, is that why you've come, to, to, to make yourself feel better and to feel better about yourself and feel as if you're a better person and then you can uh, and then you can move on uh, and Ulysses is confronted with that but then also a magpie asks Ulysses are you prepared to die are you prepared to die a life um, for a life and not surprisingly um, Ulysses says I, you know I am uh, I am prepared uh, I am prepared to die uh, a life um, for a life um, but spare my son is what he says and Magpie says to Ulysses, he says, you know, that's not good enough. That's, that's um, yeah, and, and thinking about it, that's, that's not good enough. If, if you want to make it right, um, if you want to make it right, give me your son. 
you took from me the opportunity to raise um, a son. If you want to make it right, give me, um, give me your son, uh, and, and, and it'll be okay. Uh, not a life for a life. I want a, a son for a son. And not surprisingly, uh, Ulysses said, I, I, I can't do that. I, I, can't, uh, I can't do it. Um, I can't do it. It's too much. Uh, and uh, he leaves. He and his son, Eli, leave. Um, later um, that night, Eli will, um, will leave while his father is sleeping. Eli will leave the camp and go um, and, and, and fa- find Magpie and, and his friends. And uh, there's a lot more to the story, and, I will, um, and I'll stop it there. Because uh, what I hope to express to that is say it's incredibly compelling and moving and, uh, and relationships in a way in which you and I might begin to be able to uh, relate to and, and understand. But, um, but Ulysses gets to that point. He, he wants to make amends. He wants to experience that peace. He wants to have this new life. And yet what's required, he says, it's too much for me. I can't, I can't do it. Uh, I don't have the resolve. Uh, I don't um, have um, the power. And what we celebrate at the heart of the message of our Christian faith, what is celebrated here is that what is too much for us is not too much for God. That which we can't do, God has done in Jesus. Jesus comes into the world to bring a deep and abiding peace, to restore a relationship with God that we cannot do on our own with all of our intentions and efforts. We were called to act. Um, we are called um, to action. Yes, but what is that act? What is that action? It's to believe. The action is to believe in Jesus um, and who he is and what he's accomplished. The, the act and the action is for you and for me um, to follow, uh, to follow him. Uh, and we hear this incredible um, pronouncement. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace." In Jesus, God comes into the world to do what you and I cannot do, to bring that peace and restoration which we deeply need and we long for, to bring that new, the power of new beginnings and new creation into our lives. And by him, through what he has done for us, we are adopted through his cross and through his resurrection, through his blood shed for us, adopted as his sons and daughters, recipients of grace upon grace. And as we hear that this evening, I invite you along with me to pray. Heavenly Father, you know each of us gathered here this evening, and you, in fact, are the one who has knit us together from the beginning. And you know the, uh, the, the, the joys and the um, excitements and the abilities, and you also know the, the, the burdens uh, and um, those things which um, weigh us down. And you've come into the world in the gift of Jesus, your Son, to bring light Um, into our lives, um, to bring grace upon grace, to bring the power of becoming your sons and your daughters uh, by the work of your spirit, by the work of your power, bringing new creation and new life. Pour that out into our lives at this time, I pray. 
uh, that we might um, find our life and our peace, um, our purpose uh, in you. This I ask and this we offer in the name of your Son, who is indeed Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.